geeks, and welcome to the Social Geek Podcast. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing host, Celiad. Today, we're talking about the importance of fostering a supportive work culture that prioritizes employees' mental health and well-being. My rock star guest today, Liz Solar of Solar Media, Northeast Colors, Derek Abelman, and Wild Birds Unlimited's Paul Pickett. Today's episode is brought to you by Answer Connect, Adplore, and a quick note about Brand J. The industry's best franchise development and marketing agency has a whole new space and a new direction on Fran Dev videos, websites, lead gen, and fractional Fran Dev sales. Check it out today at brandj.com. Joining me on today's Cultural Rockstars podcast, Paul Pickett from Wild Birds Unlimited. Hey, Paul, how you been, man? I'm great. How are you, Jack? I'm great. It's good to see your face and hear your voice. It's It's been a hot minute, and uh, I, I look forward to fall because I know I've got a, I've got a lot of Paul time coming up on my calendar, so... See you in, in a week, I think. Yeah, in yeah. just about a week, and then and then every week thereafter for a while. Uh, yeah. Derek Abelman from Northeast Color back with us once again. Derek, how's your fall going so far? Uh, living the dream, man. It's a pretty sweltering fall in New England, but uh, we're persevering. Soon the leaves will change. Yeah, you know what? I have a feeling it will get cold soon. I'm just going to make that prediction right now. And uh, Liz Solar. What's going on, my podcast partner? Well, I'm sweltering with my New England neighbor because I'm in Massachusetts. Uh, so, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I like summer. I like the seasons. And if this extends a little longer, I'm okay. Otherwise, life is good. Life is very good. And I think life is even better if you're in a workplace or an environment where there's a good culture. And that's really what we wanted to talk about today. So Liz and Derek, I know you and I, the three of us had a chat maybe a year ago about some uh, culture issues within the uh, workplace. And um, I think we fixed everything and there, there's no more issues with culture at, at any companies now, right? Absolutely no. not. Mission accomplished, man. <laughs> we well, fixed I wonder, it. Yeah, yeah, we fixed it. So <laughs> no, I don't think that's quite true. But Paul, I really wanted you to join us for this uh, this conversation on culture because I think just from the outside, I've known you and Wild Birds Unlimited for a long time. You guys seem to have figured it out as much as anybody has it figured out. There, there just has always seemed to be a very open, inclusive, welcoming culture within your brand. Am, am I off track there? Or, you know, tell me more about the brand and what you guys have done to make someone like me feel that way. Well, Number one, thank you. Um, number two, no, I think you are right, right? I mean, this it's it it flows from the top. We're not perfect, you know. Everyone, you, and that's part of our culture is is that we're not perfect, and that expectation is never in place. You certainly strive for it uh, to the the best job you possibly can, but then also it's a culture of communication and vulnerability which is transparency and respect are two of the things that we have as values in our mission vision and values and that just flows from 
Jim and Nancy Carpenter, who are, Jim's our founder and CEO. Um, Nancy is a big part of the business day to day in the beginning. Um, and it comes from the, what that does is, you know, likes attract likes, right? And so yeah. you just, it, it has helped us attract the right people in, on our team, attract the right franchisees, which then allows them to attract the right teams on their end. And so humility, transparency, respect, and trying to meet people where they are has always been a big part of our of the Wild Birds Limited brand. And knowing that that's going to change on a day-to-day basis, and you need to be attentive to that, and you also need to be transparent about it. I think your brand culture extends really well with all of your franchisees. You've got a lot of brick and mortar stores out there all across America. And every one of those owners at some point comes across your desk. You know, you're, you're the one who has had multiple conversations and and brought them into, into the fold. So how does that culture that, that Jim and Nancy started years ago, how is that, um, how was that rolling out to all of those locations in, in you know across the U.S.? Well, again, I have it's a it's a great luxury of being the first employee in the brand and being <laughs> part of you know for thirty four years and being part of the process of bringing other people in. So you make sure that you know we, we have the longest hiring process of any <laughs> of any company, right? I mean, it's <laughs> intense and it's a bit exhausting for both the people who are hiring and the people being hired, but we're really careful about it, you know, slow to hire, you know, and if indeed a mistake has been made fast to fire, right. Or fast, fast to help somebody uh, go to a better place for their own brand. Make an adjustment, right. Make an adjustment. That's a great way of saying it. You have a lot of long tenured folks there, right? That is not a place where someone works for 18 months and then, goes on to find another, you know, marketing job somewhere. No, I think if you I just I mean, just take a small set, just the people that are on the executive team. And I mean, they've been here, um, the vast majority have been here for more than 20 years. And we just, we do have a lot of longevity, but it's also knowing how, where to meet people where they are and attend to them and know that it's a long game, right? So, I mean, if you go in knowing it's a long game, it's easy to play the long game. And Say, yeah, this is going on in their life. This is going on either professionally or personally. But this too shall pass. Give them space. Give them support and ask the questions. And then just, I said it once kind of briefly, but the vulnerability, showing your vulnerability and making it a safe place to be vulnerable is a really important thing that I think I'm very fortunate to have in place in my professional career. Derek, tell me about Northeast Color these days. I, I think that's another brand that I've gotten to be pretty familiar with over the past couple of years that has just a stellar reputation as not just for the work you do, but the team you have. It just feels like, you know, we would all describe it as a really good group of people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That that means a lot to me, um, especially since, you know, we send all of our emissaries out right to the conferences to be out and about and to get to know and and to have 
some of that vulnerability um, that Paul was talking about is something that we, we try to engender in our team when they go out in the world to really meet people where they are. I think that's a brilliant way to put it. Um, what's been going on lately is it's it's interesting. So a colleague and I were recently put in charge of, of this special project where in my company, we are about to roll out a new ERP, which is essentially just whatever software runs our whole company stem to stern, right? The production, the creative files, all of that, it's about to change. And we were tasked with um, identifying some improvement areas within the workflow and, and making sure that the software is going to flow correctly and all of that. And so part of this is a 30, 60, 90 day plan that we put together, this fancy plan where we're going to go interview the team and sit down and get to the bottom of it. So I pull into my first you know, team meeting and I've got all my questions and I feel really prepared. And what I find is just completely um, surprising to me. And, and I then learned like how off base I was that, you know, although this isn't in any way meant to be unsettling for this team, it's extremely unsettling, right? This signals change and scrutiny and it sets off this mild panic of, you know, did I do something wrong? How will my job change? How will I be evaluated? And, you know, I have this messaging, I have this plan, but none of that is going to land in this moment where I'm meeting this team where they are. And, and it's, and it, it's where this, phrase comes back to me, which is nobody knows, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, such a gem, right? And so I walked into this meeting prepared to speak, you know, but what I really needed to do was listen. And I felt like that was a profound moment for this team, for me in, in my career. And I think being able to meet someone where they are and to recognize what someone else is going through, even if you aren't necessarily, you know, a self-centered person or anything like that, right? There's always more that you don't know. And so I think having that openness, that curiosity, um, and and to just be where your feet are is, is so important. I think there's probably more of that happening now just due to generational shift, right? Yeah. Um, I think any anyone who's taking on a new group of leading a new team who comes in and says, you know, Hey, I'm Derek, I'm in charge. Now this is how it's going to be. I don't think you're going to get a lot of people listening to that. I mean, when I was 25, I had no choice. That's just the way, you know, the, the boss said it was going to be. So that's the way it's going to be. I don't see that happening a lot in, in most successful companies right now. They're, they're not going to listen. No. I mean, one of the things that I said in, in my opening statement was, I am not the hero. I do not have the answers. I am not here to tell you what to do. I am here to listen to you and, and to figure out how, how this can be best served, right? How the company can be served, how you can be served, all of those things. But that was, I had prepared that statement. And then I found that like, even beyond what I thought I was going to do for listening was like, oh no, it's a deeper level. You aren't even gonna get to the, your grand speech, man. You just need to like shut up and let this moment happen. Liz, uh, I wanna bring you into the conversation. You and I have had a lot of chats lately about culture and the, um, the need to perhaps help some employees and some people within an organization, especially when it comes to mental health. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to, I, I just want to go back to what both Paul and Derek said, and, you know, the words, they really do capture what I think an ideal culture is. You know, I think this is what we strive for. We may not get there, but maybe on our best days we do, but 
you know, words like transparency and respect and vulnerability and meeting people where they are and listening and listening and listening because we have a noisy world and people, you know, people are overwhelmed and they can't even pay attention sometimes on their job because they have such, their set point is anxious and then they have to deal with, and I think, um, Derek, you, you brought this up, the uncertainty of change. You know, what happens in change? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to have a job next week? Do I have to start looking? Do I have, you know, savings? I mean, there's just this whole like Jenga, um, you know, game of things falling apart. If If this one thing, it all hinges on your ability to be able to work and your certainty that you have a secure place to be with people who are supporting you. And it is the support of your workplace that can help you. We're there how many hours a week? You know, 40, if you're lucky, some people 60 to 80 hours. And if they're not getting some kind of positive feedback or feeling that they belong, not that they have to fit into an organization, but that they really belong in what they have to say is valuable and is a contribution because we all want to feel like we're needed as well. Those I think are key. And I, I agree with you, Jack, that many young people are leading the way. You know, they went through COVID and they, some of the, some of them had no college experience or missed out on half of their high school experience. And now they're being thrown into something that's really foreign to them. And some of them are really suffering with some of these mental illnesses or anxiety and depression. And it really is, um, it's it's on companies to take a look at that and listen and take their cues from people who are saying, I, I really need a little bit more than that paycheck. Yeah. I think that's a big change that I've felt in the past few years of my own um, thinking on this was at one point I would have said, culture you want someone to help you and take care of you. That that's not the workplace job. We're we're here to make widgets, right? And um and widgets we shall make. And go go get your head together somewhere else. But as time goes on, I'm totally on your side, Liz. In that, who else is going to fix this? Right? We've got you know we've got scores of people out there who just like you said are are suffering with depression and anxiety and not leaving their house for two years or something like that. And I don't think the government is really up to the task. I hate to say it, but I don't think they're going to come in and, and sort of fix all of that. So if, if not the government, then who else? Right. So I, I think it falls on the employer to create that sort of cool, safe, workable space that, uh, that we've all been talking about here. Liz, um, I want I want to go back to you as far as you're making some changes in that same area um, in your personal life. You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. And and to address, you know, the government helping, I think the government is probably the root of some of those mental illnesses, <laughs> you know, in the in the conversations around it. But yeah, I mean, I always go back to in the end, what we really want are people to become taxpayers. And yeah. <laughs> to be able to pay your taxes, you have to be able to perform, you know, even rudimentary tasks. Okay. So the, the like the World Health Organization calls depression the top cause of disability globally. 
So depression is like that cost. It costs just in the U.S. $500 billion in lost productivity. Mm-hmm. So if, if for no other reason, dig into that wallet and, and help that go away because you're going to get people who are happier. We want to go in and say, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm really excited to do this job today and be excited to be on this team. But apropos to changes that I've gone through um, this year, and I've thought about it a lot, the, I guess, the epidemic of anxiety and depression, particularly among young people, they seem particularly vulnerable to these. I've decided to go back to school. I'm back in school for my master's in um, mental health counseling. And it's, it's, people are leaving that field in droves. They're, what's funny is that at a time when we need the most help, people are leaving, you know, medical, healthcare, wellness, mental health, uh, teaching all of these traditionally helping, you know, kind of virtuous, uh, you know, I, I want to change the world in the best way possible. People don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Or, or not as many people do. So is it because they're burnt out as well? And, and, and it's just a workload that they can't handle anymore because there are so many people who who need their help and, and it's probably very taxing. Well, I mean, it could be because during pandemic and I had a family member who, you know, had mental health and substance abuse issues and they could not find, uh, you know, a therapist to save their lives. And, you know, there was a lot of pain. So, you know, people who are in intense pain and can't get seen, what does that mean for people who have, um, you know, what a friend of mine calls is the usual middle-class neuroses, you know, sort of like the... (laughs) just want to get sleep, you know, um, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. So what, you know, what does that mean for, you know, most of us and in our working life? Because we, I I like to think people go into work and care about what they do, care about the people they work with. They want to be a contributing part of that team. And, And how do we, how do we enable them to do that? What are the goodies that we can give them aside from here's your two week vacation and your paycheck now go forth and prosper. Well, thank you for running into the burning building while the fire is actually getting hotter. Um, Does anybody have any other thoughts on kind of where we're going with employers providing this sort of space? And and is that a trend that we see improving or do we think it's going to get stagnant and just kind of stay the same? Any thoughts? In this current employment position that we're in with you know, unemployment being very, very low. And I think you have to, number one, you should want to do it, but also you have to do it Um, because there's no way that you're going to attract and keep great talent if you're not considerate of this issue. And um, actually, as, as Liz was saying, I was thinking I'm in franchise development. And so one of the things that I, um, and you hear this from a lot of people, and, and I hope most of them mean it, is that one of our jobs is to help our franchisees build generational wealth, right? Something to pass on and to create. It's also, as a leader, our job to help our teams build generational wealth by keeping them in a position that allows them to have a good job and provide for their families. And thinking about that, it doesn't matter if you're franchising or manufacturing or whatever it is. I mean, 
even if you're not quote unquote a leader, right? You don't, you're not managing other people, just providing that space for all of the people around you professionally and personally seems to be what I would consider something that you should, everyone should want to do uh, because it also provides you with a space that is comfortable and provides assistance to your own mental health. Back to our discussion after a quick word from Adplore, our newest sponsor on Social Geek. Adplore is a local digital advertising software built specifically to help digital agencies, franchise brands, and multi-location businesses manage local advertising campaigns at scale. Adplore's technology enables users to scale advertising campaigns across thousands of SMBs, franchise locations, and enterprises all over the world. Agencies and internal marketing departments use Adplore to automate the creation, management, and reporting of campaigns on Google, Bing, Facebook, Waze, LinkedIn, and Spotify. Check it out now at adplore.com. We spend 40 hours a week together. That's more than we see our families. That's more than we see our friends. That's more time than we have by ourselves, right? And so it really is incumbent upon the employer to take a look at what you are being given. Someone's life force, right? Like someone's time, someone's intelligence, someone's energy, someone's investment. And the money is a part of that. But it, it can't be the only thing. And so when I'm working with someone, when I'm taking someone on my team, the first thing I do, and I do this regularly with our check-ins, is, is I make the following statement. I, say, I ask them, what do they want? What do you want here? What do you want in your career? Try to understand them as a whole person, right? And it doesn't have to be within the realm of this particular role, this particular job. Who are you? What do you want out of life? How can I help you get that? Whether it's in this company or without, right? You're going to dedicate all this time to this company. You're going to dedicate all of your energy. I need you to understand that I'm dedicated to you, not your role, not what you do for me, but you as a person. And I try to really communicate that as clearly as I can, because I want someone to be happy. If your role isn't here, we're going to transition you somewhere else. Let me get you there. I can help you. I can help you do things. I can navigate that with you, right? If your role is here, you want to get better at it. I'm going to help you with that, right? Like we all have to leave each other better than when we found each other, I feel, in a work environment. So I try to communicate that. And and I don't know, you know, how that is applied in other cultures or, or what other companies are doing, but I've found that you can't lead someone until you know them I, th I think at some level you have to you have to appreciate them as an individual and that means doing that meeting people where they are being vulnerable but also just being extremely forthright about what your expectations are for the relationship yeah and i like that idea of taking an interest in helping to support them in whatever their life goal is right because those are also the people who are passionate and driven and want to do big things. Those are the people I want on my team. Even, even if it's some entry-level position, you want somebody who's, you know, really, you know, they might not be with your company for five years, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, they, and they probably won't be at that stage, 
but you mm-hmm. for the next two years or however long they're going to be there, they're going to be way better than somebody who's just coming in and, you know, filling in their time and and doing whatever is you're kind of doing whatever is asked and and then moving along. You want those people who are passionate and, and you know, about doing other things. One of the things that um, I love about my team at Brand J is every single one of them owns another business or or is an artist or has some other thing going on. They've got a side hustle, right? You know, we've got we've got one person who runs a, a a a boutique clothing store in Nashville and with her family and and somebody else who does a social media uh marketing company on the side and uh we've got multiple people who are musicians right and at first i think a few of them wanted to hide that right they didn't want you know the new boss coming in and i don't know what this guy's all about um we better not let him know that we've got these other interests because it will look like we're not focused. Right. And, and, but the opposite is true. I love the fact that people are doing all of these things that they're passionate about, whether it's, you know, music or business or fashion or whatever it is. Like, I think those are the people who you want to attract into your organization. And, um, and, and even if this is just their day job, that's fine. They're still going to do, a great job at that because they're, they're building, you know, sort of this, this bigger, um, this bigger life for themselves. And that makes our culture internally a lot better, I think, because we've got people who are sharing wild and crazy ideas. And and that's where I think business grows is in those, in those wild and crazy uh, discussions. You know, you have to listen to what it is that inspires these people. And just the fact that you know this and you made them, it made it a safe space. And then you can tag into what what Liz, Derek said that, and then what Liz said about it's not always the paycheck that is the most important thing that connects people to wanting to be working with your company and on your team. You can tell you now know how to inspire them, and you know for my team, flexibility is I think equally important to their paycheck. I mean. Clearly, there's a base minimum, right? I mean, you have to hit the, you know, the threshold yeah. level. But yeah, we we have like, to we have to do enough work to eat. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, we have <laughs> right. But I know for my team is the ability for them to say, "Listen, this is an opportunity. Can I do this?" And then do take. And again, karmic. You get way more. It's just like, sure, you can take the afternoon off to go do that, and then you find that oh, they worked like seven hours on a Saturday because they took two hours off on a Wednesday to go do something. And, you know, I'm not looking at it on a spreadsheet, but I do, but that is the reality is that's what's important to them. I can do that. I can, because I know it's important. So it also makes, inspires me to do it, makes them appreciate the team. Paul, so true. And, there's there's this a friend of mine said you know if you want to if you go out and you step out into the world and do something different you step up your performance in the booth you know that's her performance advice but i think it's true for everyone that we need something aside from the same old same old and work can get like that we do anything often enough long enough 
it's going to it's going to feel routine and then we're just kind of checking in checking out but to have those interests and to be in a culture where people celebrate that you know where you feel the freedom to be able to do it but also feel even more valued because you bring something else in as a human being and and that's who's working for people it's not the company you know it's like quote unquote the company it's made up of people and you want those people to be happy, productive, um, generous to another person. And that stuff just gets, you know, you say karma, you know, it's it's passed forward or passed down. Do you have any thoughts on if someone goes into a new environment, a new company, and the culture is really broken? Any any new thoughts on where you would start to fix something like that. And, and maybe it is something surrounding an anxiety and depression and mental health issue. Where should someone really dig in? That's that's really difficult. I mean, and, and I think resources are so limited right now. I, I would advise somebody to look for those companies because they're out there that provide things, you know, anything as, you know, and this sounds sort of, uh, you know, anything from, you know, massage chairs, you know, more personal days, you know, do you need a little bit of time? There are a lot of companies now who are saying, okay, mom, we want you to take those three months off. And if you need any mental health around postpartum, we're going to help you. And dad's, you get three months off too. So I know a lot of young couples now that have been able to be with their child, one or the other, for six months because their jobs have afforded that. There there are big companies like Ernst & Young has um, a program that covers everything from physical, financial, social, emotional. They, they have all kinds of stress-busting tools. Microsoft has a, a program called Microsoft Cares, but their mental health program happened organically some leaders actually when you talk about being vulnerable and transparent some leaders just started to have conversations about this has been my struggle i've i've had this thing and conversations started to happen so you know perhaps if you're in a space where you feel really unsupported sometimes people just start talking to each other and you're starting to create a base so at least if, like, say, have a crummy boss and we've all had that, you know, perhaps there are other people in the organization that help lift you up. And I, I'm going to go back to something that is a love of yours, Jack, and that is the situation comedy, <laughs> which at a certain point, family was replaced by the family that you work with. Yeah. And yeah. as dysfunctional and crazy as that can be, you know, we're stuck with each other. And how much can we afford to love each other and listen to each other and just put out good juju to say, you know, I got your back. You can have that day where you just want to slam your door and we won't we won't bother you. Or, you know, if you're having a bad day, I'll buy you a beer. All right. Next time I see you, you will buy me a beer. Um, gentlemen, I'll buy you a beer uh, at the next IFA event that we all attend. Before we go, do either one of you have any additional thoughts on where someone can kind of dig in if if they do walk into a situation that definitely needs a little culture uplift? I guess for me, the idea of the title of this episode, right? Supportive mental health environments and within the workspace. I think that those those terms, they're so loaded. And I think that when you come into any situation, 
there are preconceived roles and agendas, right? So like we can say that we're going to be transparent and we are, we can say that we're open and, and, you know, have the humility and the vulnerability, but we're also having roles and agendas. There's a thing I'm supposed to do. There's a thing we're all supposed to do together. And, you know, to that end, in times where I've had to go in where there has been a toxic culture and figure out what's going on, I've tried to keep it really simple. Um, you know, I try to just clear my mind and be with that person because, and ask questions and not make a statement because I think sometimes our minds are too quick and we leap past the person and frame things within the precincts of our work personas. We start trying to develop a, a solution. We try start trying to frame this and to deduce what's going on because we're, we're, our minds are figuring out machines, right? So, you know, for me to, in order for me to really listen to someone, I need to first observe a kind of silence within myself to that end. I need to get out of the way and make space to see what's really happening so I could really see and hear the other person. I don't have to have the answers. That's something I have to keep reminding myself when I'm going into something like that is like, I don't need to solve this or deliver an outcome or smooth anything over. I just really do need to listen and be present, get out of the way. Uh, but, but that first, I have to start inside with me. I have to observe a silence. I have to calm that mind stream that wants to do something with this. Right. And, and so I would say that if you let, in my experience, when I've let that happen, they can feel it. The other people can feel that. Right. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. And to be able to say, I don't know, or tell me more, or that's interesting. And to fully listen, that's, that can change that can change the temperature in a room, I've found. You did ask, you know, where would people be, you know, well to look for work? I say working with Jack, Paul, and Derek. <laughs> and you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I, I will talk to you again soon. And Paul, will cut right there and uh, leave the final question to you. If, um, if I wanted my organization to be a little bit more like Wild Birds Unlimited, where the heck would I start today? I, I think I have, I'm having a hard time grabbing onto words that are more effective than what Derek said, honestly. And I, because as that question got asked, I seriously, I, I went back to, <clears throat> at one point in trying to figure out on my own journey, I went through yoga teacher training and one of the first premises of yoga is just do it now, right? Like be there now. And so that sort of just like being in the moment allows you to clear your mind and be open to input. And at the same time, you're exporting that calmness and stillness that allows people to they pick up on it. It is it's a tangible, real energy. It's and it's very karmic. So just the listening and asking them at, at some point there is asking the questions of how can I help? What do you want me to help with? Because there's the I'm a fixer. It's just who I am. I always want to provide a solution. And like, do you want that? asking that question just openly and directly like is this a do you need a space that's an amphitheater that i'm just in the audience listening and absorbing or do you want to be the recipient 
and either and making it very very clear and quietly that either one is there's no right answer there's no wrong answer there's just your answer very so good basically rehashing what Derek said um it's so important though and then if you do need to have it, there are tons of resources. I mean, I, I get what Liz was saying about, you know, it's a challenging time, but there are resources out there now that are online. Some people may say that's not the best place to go, but it, I think we've adapted to online whatevers over, I mean, we had to, um, which has really opened up a lot of opportunities for everyone. And it allows them to do it in the middle of the night or the morning or the afternoon and just whenever they need it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the flexibility, the flexibility to be yourself, to be your authentic self. And, but that has to be promoted and that has to be promoted as much as, you know, the culture is the sum of the whole, but that has to come from the top, that ability to have it become, to have it be, um, a universal thing with everyone that touches the culture. Beautiful, man. Well, thank you, my friends. I appreciate all of your thoughts and, uh, and also being good role models for the entire industry. If, um, if uh, anyone has questions for you, I would encourage you to reach out to Paul Pickett, Derek Abelman and Liz Solar they're all on LinkedIn almost as much as me all day long. So <laughs> thank you, my friends. I will see you all soon. And uh, we appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Before we go, a quick word from Answer Connect. Everyone has a phone, but not everyone is answering the phone correctly. When you spend marketing dollars to grow your business, you cannot afford to miss any calls or answer the phone with, Hey, Answer Connect is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to support new business, current clients, or urgent calls, and they send messages to you immediately. They integrate with many of today's popular CRMs, taking advantage of technology and taking one more thing off your to-do list. In addition to taking calls, they set appointments, follow up on potential clients via form fill inquiries, and make outbound calls for reinvigoration campaigns. Let Answer Connect work in your business so you can work on your business. Call Answer Connect at 800-584-0234. That's 800-584-0234. Or visit answerconnect.com slash franchise. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.